Erosa podcast. Let's do this. We have um, Friday night. Well, it's Friday during the day. So by the time you hear this, might be Friday night. I'm doing this before um, the NBA games are played. So um, anything crazy happens, like actually crazy, um, you know, uh, I guess I can comment on it. Um, emergency pot style. Um, but I have uh, a few things to go through. Um, a lot of sports stuff for you today. Uh, I have a, a pod coming up with uh, the with Johnny, uh, Pastor's Kid, and uh, I'm excited for that one. So that one you can hear next week um, or over the weekend. It'll be up, but uh, yeah, we have a. This is Christmas weekend, so I'm not gonna. Um, <laughs> this is a Merry Christmas pod. Um, and if you're a happy holidays person, then um, I don't know what to tell you. It's Merry Christmas here. So um, let's start here. Major League Baseball. So the Dodgers are just going to construct um, just an unfair team, huh? Like this is the Dodgers are doing what all of us have done when we played video games and we've done you know whatever video game sports video game you play and you kind of go crazy and you just want to add all the best players and you have just if you play um madden or any you know mlb or nba you just turn off the salary cap and you just you just go crazy you sign everybody you get everybody in your team on fifa you, you know do the same i remember on fifa one time i I had Messi and Ronaldo on on uh, on Manchester United, and I just had like the most ridiculous squad ever. And the Dodgers pretty much said, "I think we could do that in real life," and they're doing it. Yesterday, yesterday, uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto signed with the Dodgers. Uh, this was Otani was. The big, big fish, the, the the big, big prize. Now, the difference between Yamamoto and Otani is, you know, it was almost like a foregone conclusion where Otani was going to go. Um, most people, uh, myself included, thought he's going to the Dodgers. And this was kind of like the LeBron when he was a free agent. But everybody was like, well, he's, he's going to go to the Lakers. So it's... Um, you know, it's it's exciting, but it's not that exciting. We kind of know where he's going. Um, and he ends up going with the Dodgers. The, there was the the Blue Jay report the day before he the news came out. Um, and since then, you know, I've gone through details. The contract was made up by Otani's team. He offered it to the Giants, the Angels, the Blue Jays. And the Dodgers, um, everyone said yes, except uh, the Angels, because they're stupid. And he picked the Dodgers. So, Otani is not in this conversation, because Otani, you know, different guy. But out of all the other regular free agents, Yamamoto was, he was the, the one that everybody was excited about. Young pitcher coming out of Japan. He is considered one of the best pitchers ever, possibly, coming out of Japan. Um, this is like 
if you remember Daisuke Matsusaka when he was when he came from Japan, signed with the Sox, he was a little bit, well, a lot of bit under underwhelming, um, and Gyro Pitch, which ended up being like his, you know, wasn't all that great. His supposed like special pitch, um, and ultimately he won a title with the Sox. Um, was it a waste? I don't know, but he wasn't like anything that we've never seen before. Now, he didn't get the money that Yamamoto got, but that's level of hype. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then um, he would be, um, this is like when, um, I don't know. (laughs) Um, But this is just, you know, high level, super hype. He's coming in. Like oh my god! Like is it? Can this guy be? Can be great? And then he was fine. You know, he wasn't like anything crazy. He he was fine. He is Daisuke Matsusaka is um, when when um, Christian Pulisic hit England and he got to Europe and everybody's like oh man here we go LeBron James of of soccer oh here we go. And you know, Christian Pulisic has bounced around. He's he has sat on a lot of benches and has uh, made his name in in a lot of clubs by sitting down a lot. Um, <laughs> but all jokes aside, you know, Christian Pulisic is a is a solid player. He's a good player. He um, saved Milan actually in in their last Champions League game, and he he's been good. You know, he's he's won a Champions League. He's been in a Champions League. Uh, winning team with Chelsea so Christian Pulisic as much as I like to make fun of him just to get under um, primarily my guy Angel's uh, skin um, Pulisic is a, is a solid player is he the LeBron James of soccer by no means you could maybe make the argument London Donovan is has had a better career I think Pulisic is naturally better Talented, but I think as of now, London Donovan has has, um, has been the better player. If that makes sense, but we're not talking about U.S. soccer here. Um, but Yamamoto, Yamamoto signs with the Dodgers, twelve-year deal, three hundred sixty-five million, um, and immediately, obviously, you know, you go, you're like, oh man, the Dodgers are going crazy. Dodgers sign everybody. Dodgers are it's unfair. Blah 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 blah. Um, you know, there's a angel share, you know, my guy angel shared a meme of, um, somebody with the glove and they put the Thanos rings on and it was like, oh, this is the Dodgers glove. And it's going to be like a lot of fun to cover the Dodgers, to talk about the Dodgers, to watch the Dodgers. A lot of people who are not rooting for Dodgers are going to be rooting against the Dodgers to lose. And, and you already know that the memes that are going to come out of the Dodgers don't win the world series are going to be. Out, out, outrageous. So, but that's not that's that's neither here nor there. We have to understand this. As much as people want to hate on the Dodgers, as much as you want to go on in and and say, oh, you know, they're doing this, they're doing that. The one thing the Dodgers are showing is they are committed to winning. Because Yamamoto was being pursued by a bunch of teams, the Giants, who. We're right there in the mix. The Mets, who offered the same deal that the Dodgers offered to Yamamoto. He just chose the Dodgers. Um, the Yankees were in. The Red Sox were in. 
uh, all these teams were in on Yamamoto. All these teams wanted Yamamoto. All these teams, the Red Sox had offered three hundred million, so big money was being offered. And this is the difference. The reason why someone like Yamamoto, someone like Otani, someone like Glasnow, someone like Freddie Freeman, someone like Mookie Betts. Now some of those guys were traded there, but the reason why those guys resigned. Remember, Mookie Betts was traded contract year, traded to the Dodgers. And Mookie Betts didn't wait to hit free agency, see what's he he got there. And it's like he got there, saw what was there, and was like, yeah, this is where I want to be long term. Otani met with all these teams, and then he saw the Dodgers and said, yeah, this is this is, uh, this is is where I want to be. Why? Because there there is a sense of winning, and obviously winning the title is the end-all, be-all. But it it's not realistic to win the title every year. Now, what is also not realistic is to be in the mix every year. That's not realistic. And when you have that, that becomes as important as anything else. Because I'll tell you this. If you ask a team, if you ask someone like an Angel fan, if you ask a Seattle Mariner fan, if you ask me, a Red Sox fan, a Giants fan, do you, you know, how how do you feel about your ownership? And all of us will tell you, our ownership sucks. We are not a winning team. We don't have winning culture. And the players tell you that. Why? Because of the guys that are signing with your team. And as much as we want to make fun of the Dodgers, you got to understand these guys care about winning. And if you're a fan of the Dodgers, congratulations to you. You have a really good organization. Not only a good team, because, you know, te- teams come and go, an injury here, an injury there, and all of a sudden you, you know, you're, you're not as good. But organizationally, and I've always been an organization guy, culture guy. And that matters, and it matters a lot because that's what's going to sustain you. That's what's going to keep you. That's what's going to help you be successful. And when you have a special group of of people that are running your organization and you are a winning team, you're going to be fine and you're going to be okay. And it's why, even though the Dodgers have had all the failure in the in the in the world in the World Series in the playoffs, even though they've choked so many times. They keep getting these guys. Why? Because there is an opportunity to be there year in and year out. And that is the, that is the key. Are the Dodgers going to win, you know, five, six straight World Series? It, it's unlikely. But guess what? They're going to be in the mix all those years. So that's why the Dodgers are the class of baseball. And it's why instead of making fun of them, dumping on them, criticizing. This is what every single baseball fan needs to demand from their ownership group. We want to be competitive. We don't want to, when you're not going to win the title every year, we just want to be in the mix. And in the NFL, this is the same thing that, that happened with the Patriots. You know, Tom Brady was with the Patriots, what, 20 years or so. He won the title with them six Super Bowls. But you know what every single year meant for the Pats? If you're a Pats fan, Every single year since like 2001 when Brady took over, every single year you had hopes of a Super Bowl. Every single year. And that's all you want. 
every single year, you were just right there. You're right there. And it's why, you know, as much as, you know, there's been 49er fans over the years who've, like, called for Kyle Shanahan's job, and I just go crazy. Kyle Shanahan's my guy. He's going to be my guy forever. Um, but he brings stability. He br- he brings winning culture because every single year, the Niners have yet to win the Super Bowl with Shanahan. But every single year, guess what I can say? We got a shot. We got a chance. And as a fan, that, that matters. I was talking to, to, to David um, a few pods ago. And I was telling him that it's worse to be a fan. It hurts more to be a fan of a team that's it's gotten heartbroken, a team that has no history. Because if you're a Browns fan, if you're a Lions fan, and you have no history, you have nothing. I mean, that that's just awful. And if you're a team that gets there year in and year, at least you're getting there, man. You're getting there. There's hope, and it's and it's why um, things like what the Dodgers are doing matters. Because I hope it lights a fire under the Red Sox eventually. And if you're an owner and you don't care about winning, then sell the damn team, man. Sell, sell it. Um, now, for the Dodgers, what what would be considered success? Because Mookie Betts, for example, Mookie Betts. Is a free agent twenty thirty three. Otani is a free agent twenty thirty four. Yamamoto in twenty thirty six. Freddie Freeman in twenty twenty eight. And Glasnow in twenty twenty nine. Now there's going to be extensions that will have to come in for Will Smith and Walker Bueller, and everybody else is pretty much um, ex- expendable. You know, you can talk about James Outman, you know, but we got to see how he, he continues to develop and stuff. But those what two, four, five, six, seven, seven players. Seven players, you build a roster around those guys, and you're pretty much set. And we'll give the over-under, we'll give, like, what, 20, 30, the average of, of all the of all these guys that they'll be together for the most part. So that's six years. In six years, what is what is what what would be considered a success? Now, they're not going to go, I mean, I don't think they'll go six for six. That'd be, that'd be incredible. But say they win two. Two or three. Two or three, that's success, I think. If at the end of six years, the Dodgers have won the the World Series three years, that's a success. And that's how we have to look at it. Because the Dodgers are going to be in contention and are going to be in the mix year in and year out for a really, really, really long time. And I can't say the same about the Red Sox and... If you you know, put your team in there, the only team that can, the only teams that can say that, the Dodgers and the Astros, year in and year out, are going to be in contention, and that that that's 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 all you want. All you want in this is that, because we had, for example, the Padres. The Padres made the the NLCS last two years ago. You know where they were this past season home they didn't even make it to october the card the, the the not the cardinals the diamondbacks made it to world series this year what if they miss the playoffs it was like man and what if you know they go back to being regular diamondbacks don't do don't really do much you know what we're gonna say about that man do you remember when they made the world series man that was a crazy year 
And for the Dodgers and their fans, they're going to say, well, you know, we're in there every year. Consistency, excellence. And that's what the Dodgers are offering. So, um, yeah, Yamamoto, sign with the Dodgers. Let's do some soccer. Real Madrid. Real Madrid is a team that is currently tied. They are tied for um, first place in La Liga. Now, they're tied with Girona, and they're kind of just not running away. I'm not going to say that, but they have a healthy lead heading into um, heading into the heading into the 2024 calendar year, and we have next games are January second tomorrow, and the the last games that are going to be played for this for this calendar year. And Real Madrid have had a lot of injuries, and throughout this whole process, one of the things we've you know we've tested is where you know how good is that Real Madrid roster, and. Quite frankly, the the thing that we've seen um, is how much how important it's been to get um, Jude Bellingham. Jude Bellingham has been as exciting and as productive as advertised, and it's one of those things that you you get from a the top a top club team and Courtois for example has been out uh, Militao has been out uh, Vinny has been out and Eduardo Cavavinga has been out and now David Alaba has been out and they're rumored to have for example Cavavinga is supposed to come back mid-January um, Vinny sometime in February Militao sometime in March as well as Courtois. David Alaba just recently tore his ACL and he's gonna be he's gonna be out for for the rest of the season. And when you think of just where Ancelotti has done a great job, he's done a great job keeping this team together. He's done a great job of making sure the guys are are fresh. And he's instilled he's instilled um this this confidence in this group and in the last game versus Alaves where Lucas Vasquez at the end game winner header and that kind of stuff is the stuff that that brings about confidence where any guy can come in and produce and Ramajid they're gonna have to get some players in in, in the January transfer window um Ancholetti is already talking about wanting a a top um, or proven um, center back. He doesn't want a young guy, or he doesn't want a project. Uh, a lot of it is for for the stretch run. You know, you got Champions League. You, you got you want to secure La Liga, and and, and you, you need to shore up the, the the back with David Alaba out. And there's rumors of Veran coming back. Veran is having trouble with uh, you guessed it, Ten Hag, um, and. You know, but Ramajit has done a great job. Girona. Girona has been the story of La Liga. And these guys are tied with Ramajit in points. And both teams are ahead of 
Barcelona and and Atletico. Who Atletico has a they have they have a pending game tomorrow. They play uh, as they play, so um, they'll they'll get to eighteen games. They they play Sevilla tomorrow morning. Um, so by tomorrow morning, we might have um, Atletico with thirty eight points as well as Barcelona and Real Madrid and Girona have forty five. So heading into the next calendar year, we have. You know, a two-team race, and if Girona and Real Madrid are able to just keep humming, um, it becomes a two-team race for first place. Um, well, Barcelona and Atletico have to fight for third and third and fourth. Um, and Athletic Club is right there for for the fourth spot for the f- top four um, Champions League club uh, Champions League spots. So that's where I'm in La Liga. Um, but I want to do a little thing on Barcelona. Barcelona has been struggling. They haven't been consistent. And they. this is a team that I'll give you some some brief. Um, I'll, I'll go back a little bit. In 2020, 2021, the pandemic season, as it's now called, the Barcelona brought in, um, and this is at the time, uh, Josep Bartomeu, who was still the he was the the president of of the club, and he was there up until October, and then they had uh, Carlos uh, Tusquets, who was there interim, and then they finally elected uh, Joan Laporta, who's still the the president of 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 uh, Barcelona, and Ronald Koeman came in, and Ronald Koeman is this. No nonsense, no nonsense legend of the Barcelona team, and he came in and and his 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 assessment of the team is this team is old. This team needs to be changed, needs to be revamped, um, and, and I need time. That's what he said. Now nobody wanted to hear that because Messi's still in the club and. You have uh, Ronald Araujo who's coming in, and you're like, "Oh man, this guy is, this guy is is, is going to be really good." And he has. Uh, Bayern's actually they have their eye on him, which would be pretty great if Bayern could take him away from Barcelona. Uh, Busquets is old, but he's still there. Uh, Pique is older, <laughs> he's still there. Um, you know, you had said Junior Des to he was. You know, American young up and coming dude who's getting a lot of, a lot of uh, good stuff said about him. Griezmann, who turned out to be a terrible signing for Barcelona, couldn't get on the field for for them. Uh, you had Dembele, who was you know everyone was hoping that he was going to take his his leap. Um, Coutinho, who was the big signing, but he you know he was a flop, and um, yeah. It just wasn't looking good. You had uh, Lenglet, who was who was touted to be really good. Pedri, who was eighteen at the time. So you had this club that had some names on it. Uh, Frankie De Jong was there. Ansu Fati, who was you know everybody was still blowing smoke up his butt. And Gomin goes in there and says, "You know what? Uh, this team is not good. I need time." And everybody, you know. Barcelona fans were like, oh, what are you talking about? We still have Messi. We still have a chance. Blah, 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 blah. And he was right. He doesn't last long because he was, 
he was tough and and players didn't like tough and he wasn't letting Messi do what he wanted. He finished third in La Liga that year. He won the Copa del Rey. Um, he was eliminating the Champions League round 16. Um, and he was a runner-up in the Supercopa de España. And by and large, that Barcelona team was not that good. And for him to win that, it was very um, impressive, I'll say. And the thing that we saw, the thing that, that we saw with Coleman was that he was saying, hey, there's old cows here. The sacred cows have to go for this team to move forward. We got to advance. Now, up until that point, on Ra- in Real Madrid, Real Madrid had lost um, Cristiano Ronaldo. They were in the mix to lose uh, Sergio Ramos, Marcelo. They were in the mix to lose Bale. You know, Benzema leaves later. But you you get the you you get this you know Mar- Marcelo and all that. So while Real Madrid is parting ways with their legends and saying okay, it's time for the new guys to come in, Barcelona's holding on for dear life. Now part of it is Messi and the different psycholo- of you know psychological differences and and institutional differences between both clubs. Real Madrid has always been about the about the escudo and the escudo first. And ever since Messi became a young sensation, Barcelona became about Messi and not about the Escudo. They were about the Escudo when Ronaldinho was there, and that's why, even though he was an amazing, phenomenal player, they got him out of there because he refused to not party and and he refused to, to partake of the rules of the team. So it was a school though over everything with Ronaldinho, but with Messi it wasn't the same. So even though Messi was diminishing, and it was time to let him go, and it was time for him to go with Pep and all that, they financially just kept putting themselves in a bigger hole to keep Messi, who was asking for more and more money. And Coleman gets in and says, hey, we have a problem here. And nobody listened. Everybody said he's the problem. He got let go the season after, and Xavi came in. Now, when Xavi came in, Xavi was coming from Saudi Arabia, and he's going to bring back um, Tiki Taka, and, you know, Xavi's the, the answer, blah, blah, blah. And Xavi has been, you know, he hasn't been awful. I'm not going to say that. He They won La Liga last year, and Xavi... In his time, the one thing Barcelona has been, it's inconsistent. And every time they've lost, and every time Real Madrid has won, there's always been these excuses. And I remember there was a press where he was blaming the grass. They lost because of the grass. There was another time, well, the fans, the fans were too loud. And his criticism were of, of Real Madrid, when Real Madrid won the magical run and they won the Champions League a few years ago was well you know they win but they don't look they don't play well and here in Barcelona we don't just look to win we look to play well which is a stupid thing to say because if you know it'd be it'd be like if you know if someone tries to discredit the Giants who won the the Super Bowl those two years well yeah you know but the, the Giants 
you don't want to win the Super Bowl like that. You want to win the Super Bowl being the best. And really, the rebuttal to that is, well, I, you don't you just want to win the Super Bowl? Like, isn't that the goal? Um, and that's what the Barcelona stuff was. And this is kind of the danger of bringing in a club legend to be your coach. Because if it's Komen, who's a club legend, who helped build Barcelona, and he says, yeah, man, this isn't working out, um, people don't believe him. Because, you know, he's too far removed and, and just not going to work. And if you bring in someone like Xavi and he's inconsistent and has had bad results, um, well, then you, don't be- then you don't believe that he's the problem. And that's the problem right now with Barcelona. I'm not saying they should fire Xavi. As a Real Madrid, I hope he stays there forever. But there is inconsistency, so much inconsistency in Barcelona. And they've brought him everybody he's wanted. Everybody. And like the saying goes, the math ain't mathing with this team. They lose. They lost in a friendly yesterday to Club America. To America, they lost. Yeah. So they're just in a really tough spot. Lewandowski is not playing well. You have Joe Felix, who's probably not going to come back. And, you know, even he has had his moments, but it's been whatever. Cancelo has been whatever. And I just I just don't know. I, I don't know what you're doing if you are um, Barcelona, if you're Laporta, if you're just going to continue to rely on on these guys that, you know, at one point where you're legends, and that's why you have to go away from that, I think, because uh, you need a, a guy who's not emotional about the club to, to be super su- successful. You, you just can't. It's why, you know, I think when... It's why I think, like, someone like Jordan, who's been a bad owner, greatest player of all time, but it's just, it's one of those things that you... You know, Jordan loved basketball so much. He was so good at it that it's probably really hard for him to to know who or what is 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 required to be successful. It's why you know a lot of LeBron's moves as a GM have been awful because they just you know you're too emotional. You're too close to the situation. Um, and that's that's where Barcelona's at. English Premier. Let's go there. Let's go to let's go to London. Um, we have Ashton Villa. Ashton Villa right now. Uh, actually, they 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 are playing as I as I record. They're they're they find themselves in a game. And one of the things about Ashton Villa as they're playing against Sheffield, and it's. Sheffield's the last place in the in English Premier. Uh, Aston Villa scored a little while ago, but I think they're going to take off the goal. Uh, I think there was a foul. Um, but Aston Villa, man, they're right there. They're you know they they could end the day with a first place. Now there's more matches to be played to to round up um, match day eighteen, and you still got nineteen and all that, but. Um, Aston Villa, 
really good story heading into 2024. Man City has been struggling. And I think they're going to be fine at the end of the year. This is a team that's won a lot. This is a team that's coming off winning the treble. And I'll keep saying it. Um, it's execution. It's And, you know, you, you win so much, it's so hard to get the belly, you know, the fire in your belly. Um, Holland's been missed some time. Kevin De Broner has missed some time, and both guys look to be on track to come back soon. And I think once they come back, then we'll see a different team because you know De Broner coming off of injury is going to want to showcase himself and show that he's still probably the best midfielder in England. Uh, United tied versus uh, <laughs> Liverpool, and it's so sad. Everybody was like, "Oh man, what a great result for Manchester United." Uh, they're just stuck in place. That's where United's at. But English Premier, Ashton Villa, uh, the goal was taken away. So um, they're still probably going to be first place at the end of the night. Arsenal, Liverpool, City, uh, they round up the top four. Uh, and Tottenham. Tottenham's been good, man. So we'll see how it all shakes up. But that's where we're at. That's, that's English Premier. That's where we're at. Let's do some NBA. NBA. Pistons lost 25 games. This is a huge deal. Now, we don't talk about it because the Pistons are the Pistons, and nobody really cares about the Pistons. But check this out. The Pistons haven't won since October 28th. They've won two games. Since, you know, I, I did the post on the joke of, you know, Draymond Green has been suspended more times than, than the Pistons have won games. Uh, Tyree Kill has won... Has had more kids this se- this year, this calendar year, than the Pistons have had wins this season. It's bad, man. 25, 25 straight losses. That's like incredibly hard. It's especially when you take into account three-pointers. Everyone shoots three-pointers. And you lose a game to an inferior team because they make three-pointers. Now, Detroit is not a good three-point shooting team. And, you know, maybe that's the reason why. That variable hasn't really mattered, but man, to lose 25 straight is, <laughs> it's really hard, man. I, I, I don't understand. Monty Williams, who's their coach, got paid a lot of money to be their coach, and he is not a good coach. Now, the problem with Detroit is their roster is, like, dumb. Like, you look at the roster, and it just makes absolutely no sense at all. There's no... It does look basketball. Basketball is very different than almost every sport because basketball, you got to be smart with how you build the team. And roster construction matters a lot. It matters a lot, in, you know, in other sports, but more so in basketball because in football you could have two dudes that are two great really good wide receivers you could do that you know and you you know they'll get touches and whatnot in basketball two you know of the same guy is it's hard especially it just because the ball needs to be in one person's hand that's it and and it's you know this team just the roster construction makes no sense they have a bunch of centers um yeah man detroit 25 straight makes no sense We'll see when they win a game. Celtics. Celtics are probably the best team in basketball right now, I would say. 
and they are playing really well. Um, their matchup nightmare, though, I think would be the T-Wolves because they just have a lot of size to throw at them and good wings. But they had a really bad loss to the, to the, to the Warriors uh, this week. The Warriors came back. Curry had a great game. There was a clip I posted on Instagram. Um, just Celts rolling. Embiid. Embiid has looked better than any time in his career. And I know he won the, the MVP last year. But he's playing better this year. Um, I think Jokic is still the best player in basketball. But Embiid has been really, really good for them. Uh, Tyrese um, um, Maxi has been really good for them too, man. Uh, he's with... Uh, with the with the trade of of Harden, one of the things that they got is, to, you know, they, they got this uh, great play from Tyrese Maxi, and without if if Harden was still there, Maxi would not be able to showcase what he, you know the type of player he is, the improvement he's made. So, um, and Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse is a really good coach, so. Magic. Magic are really good. Magic are legitimately good. Now, heading into the season, we didn't know if the Magic were going to be, like, whatever. You know, they're young. You know, maybe they need more time to figure it out and blah, blah, blah. But, nah, they're really good. They're, well, not really good. They're good. They're, they're a good team. And they have good foundational pieces that they could continue to build on and, and have uh, stuff to move and Watch out for the Magic in the next few years. T-Wolves. T-Wolves are a legitimate title contender. They have a good roster. They have good players. They have a real alpha. They have a good coach. And they should probably... They could... they The Carl Anthony Towns piece. They figured it out because he's not the guy. And it works out for them. One, two... It's worked out for them that he's not the guy, but also he can become either a trade piece or he's just a complimentary piece. Either way, the T-Wolves are a legitimate title contender, which I didn't think it's what we were going to say this season because we figured out was a year, year, two years away. But when you're special, you typically tend to pop off early. Chet has been the best rookie this season. Um, and OKC is... Another good team. I think they're still, they have time and they're not there yet. But if OKC wants to get frisky and they want to trade, uh, you know, 15 of their <laughs> first round picks um, to bring in a, 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 you know, a real, real guy to, to match up with SGA and, and um, Chet. They have the pieces. Are they going to do it? Uh, I don't think so. But they, they that team's good, man. Clippers. The Clippers might be all right. They finally lost the game. Uh, the Clippers were on a hot streak with James Harden, and it seems like it finally clicked. A lot of it, though, was um, the good play of Kawhi, um, and he missed the game yesterday. The Clippers lost. Uh, but the Clippers might be good. But we're not judging the Clippers on what they do here. We're... Uh, we're we're judging them on the James Harden they'll get in the playoffs. That's that's truly what we're waiting for. The Mavericks. The Mavericks start off really good. Uh, they've played tougher teams, and now they are kind of looking like the 
Mavericks that we thought we can get. Good team. But, you know, overall, average. Middle of the pack. In the Western Conference. And right now they have lost two. They've been, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. And, you know, they're six right now in the, in the, in the West. And that's sounds about right. Um, the Lakers and the Pacers are going through their in-season tournament curse. The Lakers are one in five since the in-season tournament final, and the Pacers are two and five. And both teams need a win, and they need one badly. Anthony Davis was saying after the Lakers lost to the T-Wolves yesterday, he's saying that you know they're looking at the OKC game as a must-win game. And, yeah, they should because things are not looking good. Uh, four and six in the last um, ten, four straight losses. For the Pacers, they're five and five um, in their last ten. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know if it's like they're tired. I don't know if um, I don't know what it is, but they both teams have struggled since they came back from the in-season tournament final. Um, John Ryan came back this week. He played really well in his game. Um, and Memphis finds himself 13th in the West, 8 and 19. The teams above them, the Jazz and the Warriors, War- Jazz are 11 and 18, Warriors 13 and 14, Lakers 15 and 14, Suns 14 13, and Rockets 13 and 12. Now, I think Memphis can catch Utah, and I think that's about it. I think they've dug themselves so much of a hole. I, it's just really hard for me to imagine that the Warriors aren't going to make a trade. And they played, you know, better over the last uh, week or so. The Lakers are going to figure it out. They're going to be fine. The the Zach Levine stuff started heating up again. So um, watch out for that. Uh, I would hate that trade. Unless Caruso's in there, then I'm good. Um, and then Phoenix. God, Bradley Beal. <laughs> I'm not surprised, but it's one of those, like, you guys are stupid. Why would you trade for Bradley Beal? Bradley Beal is the epitome of, like, a really a good player who just is not a winner. And they have him on their team. And Phoenix, who was supposed to be really good, they're just, eh, whatever. That's that's where they're at. Uh, but the Lakers, uh, John Moran. John Moran's going to be good because John Moran's a really good player. Um, but... It, it doesn't seem like he understood why he was um, suspended. There's an interview that, that happened this week where his dad was saying, oh, you know, everything's the same. We got receipts, blah, 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 blah. It's like, dude, like you are one of the most talented players in basketball. You are um, supposed to be one of the faces of basketball. And he's like, oh, I'm not interested in that. And one of the things that's, like, weird about some of these young guys is they don't understand, like, yeah, you're a basketball player, but you are representing the NBA. And it's why guys like LeBron, who went to bat for the NCAA tournament, was excited, was all about it. Kevin Durant, same thing. Um, and it's why there's a, there's levels to this game, man. There's levels. And the Anthony, you know, the Anthony... Anthony Edwards' story that came out of him and the girl and the texting, send the video, all that. Um, and even the story, you know, Anthony Edwards uh, slept with this girl, 
and you know she shared the the group mess the the messages between back and forth where she's like telling him I'm pregnant. He says, "Oh, you know, get an abortion. I'm not ready to be a dad." And it's just like this whole back and forth. Send a video. He's saying, "Send a video of you taking the pills." And you know she shares like the wire, the the money that he sends her a hundred thousand dollars for the abortion and all that. So. And you got all the Zion stuff that happened over the off season with him and and the girl that he slept with, and the thing about the new stars, the new superstars, the young superstars that are coming up, they don't understand. And John Moran, his gun stuff, they don't understand. You are not just a professional basketball player, not just a top athlete, not just a great at what you do, but you are an ambassador. To the team you play for, to the city you play for, and to the league. Whether you like it or not, doesn't matter. That's what you are. And it's why we need guys like Steph Curry. It's why we need guys like LeBron James. It's why even though those guys are older, the NBA will market those guys. Why? Because they are great ambassadors to the game of basketball. And I hope that, you know, they can clean that up, man, because... This is a great game, man, and the NBA is a great sport, and and it's a great league. Um, but John Moran talking about like, oh, well, you know, my click hasn't changed, and um, I'm keeping receipts. Everybody who like, you know, was negative towards me, like, dude, like you, um, we're a bad example, and that's the whole thing. You get judged on that stuff. And I get, I get it. You did nothing illegal, and I get that. There was nothing criminal about what you did. But when you are a guy who is representing an entire league, a billion-dollar industry, you got to be smarter than that. You just have to. Those are the rules. You have the talent, but there's rules to that talent. And um, on the court, I, you know, Memphis is going to be way better, obviously, with John Morant. But <clears throat> I don't think they're going to be able to come back. Make the playoffs. Let's do some NFL. Let's end it with the NFL. Uh, the Rams got a big win yesterday versus the Saints. Uh, on on the scoreboard, the game looked closer. Like if you didn't see the game and you're like, oh man, 30-22. It wasn't that close. <laughs> the Rams were um, just better. They, they just... The Saints had no nothing for that D line of the Rams. The Rams are really good, man. I've been saying this for a while. They they're good. They're the, they're the team that scares me in the NFC for the 49ers. Partly because we know each other really well, the McVay and Shanahan thing. And I'll do a whole McVay Shanahan that tree. Um, the week the Niners and the the Rams play in two weeks, so. That's a team that scares me. The Rams win. Big win for them. 8-7. and seven. Last two games at the Giants, at the 49ers. They need to win both games to get to the playoffs or at least to be more safe that they're going to be in the playoffs. The Saints 7-8. and eight. Huge loss for them because they're in that battle for the, for the South. So them losing that game, they need the Bucks to lose um, on Sunday. Um and the 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 Saints have at Bucks and home versus the Falcons to end the year. So they're you know if they they, they can they they they're still in there. They still have a chance. Sunday uh, we got Saturday games. We have Saturday games. We have a few 
uh, so obviously we have Sunday games and we have a few um, Monday games. The NBA has competition for <laughs> Christmas Day. So this is what we have uh, tomorrow. So Saturday games, Bengals, Steelers. So I'm, I'm going to go through the teams that, that matter. Um, so I'm not going to go game for game. But Steelers, Bengals, important game for uh, both teams, playoff contention. As of now, we have the Bengals who are eight and six. Steelers are seven and seven. The Bengals right now are the sixth seed, and the Steelers are the tenth seed. Um, so huge game for both teams to keep pace. Um, and this might be it. The Steelers lose this one at home. They might be done. They might be done. Bills uh, tomorrow. The charge at the Chargers. Um, they need to win. They need to keep winning um, because they are still looking out. They're out looking in um, in the playoffs. So they're ninth. They're the ninth seed right now. So they they, they got to win out. There's no there's no other way to put it. Um, and the Chargers coming off of firing uh, Staley. Uh, I don't think uh, Herbert's going to play the rest of the year. That team is definitely not interested. In playing football the rest of the season, so I, I'd be really surprised if the Bills lose that game. Lions Vikings, that those two teams are the Lions are ten and four. They are as of now the third seed. They are first in their division, and the Vikings are the seventh seed, seven and seven. So the Vikings need to win, keep pace with everybody else. Um, the Lions need to win because they are still in the chase for the f- number one seed. So they, they got to, you know, both teams they, a must win. A bigger must win for the Vikings who are at home um, because teams are starting to cross themselves out. Like the Packers, I think, are done. And now it becomes a, what, one, two, three, four, four-team race for the for the spots that are there. So, um they got to win. Browns at Texans, another must-win game. Um, the Browns are 9-5. and five. They are right now the fifth seed in the AFC. The Texans are are at 8-6. and six. And the Texans are right there, man, for the division. So are the Colts. The Colts and the Texans are right there for the division with the Jaguars and in this game, Browns Texans, um, I think this might be a game where um, it's you know I don't think it's a loser leaves town, but uh, it matters more for I think for the Texans than it does for the the Browns. But the Browns might still I mean I don't know it's a long shot. I mean technically they're still alive for their division as well. Um, but it's another game to look at. Seahawks Titans the Seahawks. Need to keep winning. They are right now the eighth seed, so they they need the Rams to lose. They need the Vikings to lose, and they gotta win. They they win. They they get you know they, they they're kind of in the mix for for the final spots as well. So they are versus the Titans, who are not that good, but they have a good coach. Uh, Will Levis seems to be a good quarterback, um, and the Titans are just always a tough out. So. Might not be easy. The Seahawks coming off the the big wild Monday night game, win versus the the, the Philly. Now they got to travel to the Titans. Might be too much to ask um, coming up a short week, but they got to win. So we'll see. 
Geno Smith, I think, is supposed to play in that game. Although I think I might like um, Locke in that game better than I do Geno. But um, I don't. I just like the swagger that Drew Locke played with um, on Monday. Falcons, Colts. Shane Steichen. I think Coach of the Year should go to Kyle Shanahan because he's an amazing coach. But Shane Steichen, if you're going to give it to anybody else, it should go to Shane Steichen, who's been incredible for the Colts. Incredible. Eight and six. They're in in position to win the division. They're right there. The Jags lose, and they find themselves playing against the Falcons, who need need it, I guess, and they need you know helps that the Saints lost. They need the Bucks to lose. Technically, they're still in the mix for the division, but um, I think if the Colts win, it kind of ends the Falcons' season. Um, and then Jacks Bucks, same deal. Jacks are not playing that all that well. The Bucks are playing pretty well. Um, this needs to be a Trevor Lawrence uh, game where he shows up and he reminds everybody, "Hey, I'm really good at football." Um, and yeah, the buzz for Baker Mayfield has been right there, man. He had a really good game last week. Um, Mike Evans is still doing his thing, uh, so really good game to watch. And on Monday, um, well, Sunday night, I guess we're still we're still we're still Sunday night. Um, Sunday night, we get. Um, Well, I guess Sunday afternoon, not Sunday night. Cowboys, Dolphins, and that game is a game that we need. Um, well, not we, but by the game of Sunday, if we're looking at all this. Um, Jaguars, Bucks is going to be interesting. Colts, Falcons will be interesting. But in terms of names and like fanfare, Cowboys, Dolphins, best game of the of Sunday. Um, and the one thing you have is is you get this team that is um you get this team that it, that is able to um keep up with the Cowboys speed in the Dolphins. The Dolphins can't play at the speed of the Cowboys. Now, I mentioned last week that the Cowboys have a different speed when they're on the road and you saw that versus the Bills. They were slower. Now, I don't think the Dolphins could f- Manhandle the the Cowboys like the Bills did, but maybe they can run. They certainly could run on them like the Bills did last week. And so, um, Michael Parsons is good at football, but I don't think he's the guy that everybody says he is. Because um, there's a lot of there's been a few games where you kind of like, are we sure Michael Parsons is in this game? Um, so, Dolphins need the game to keep pace with the number one seed. The Dolphins need, the Cowboys need the game for the same reason. Um, and the Cowboys need this game because if they lose again and the Eagles are playing the Giants and the, the Eagles are, I mean, the Eagles don't win the Giants. They, they got serious problems. Um, but they're probably going to win. Um, they're going to probably beat the, the Giants, um, get that win. But that's, you know, Cowboys, Dolphins, can Dak respond? And get back, get out, get off the mat, um, 
and what uh, what is it that McDaniel's going to have for the Cowboys heading into um, that game? Finally, Ravens Niners game of the. I don't know. I guess we said the game of the season was going to be the 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 Niners versus the Eagles, uh, but I guess it's this one now because both teams are the number one seed in their conference, and um, we have a possibly a Super Bowl preview. Um, this game is the last game of the week in San Francisco. Um, the Niners are healthy, which is good. And the Ravens are down in terms of the running backs. I don't think the Ravens are going to be able to run with their running backs on the Niners. One, two. I don't think, I think the Niners are going to do what they did versus um, Philly, where they weren't rushing, but they were kind of holding the edge and they were forcing. Um, Jalen Hurts to go run through the middle and I think that's where you're going to see on Sunday I think you're going to have either Warner or Greenlaw I think you're going to have a QB spy at all times I think the Niners secondary is playing really well right now so I think I do have confidence that they can match up there the difference here and the X factor here is Lamar because if Lamar is going to be special then there's just nothing you can really do as a defense on the other side of the ball uh, Humphreys Cornerback for the Ravens came out, said he doesn't respect anybody by the Niners. And quite frankly, Humphreys, uh, nobody thinks about you in San Francisco. So I don't I don't I don't know what you're trying to do there. Niners offense is rolling. Uh, I think you could run definitely on the Bengals. On on the Bengals, on 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 the Ravens. You can pass on them too. They have soft spots in that defense. And you saw that versus the Rams where uh McVeigh was able to scheme these guys open throughout the field. Uh, we talked about that game. The Rams should have won that game. And the Niners are able to, are going to be able to do the same thing. I feel good about the Niners versus the Ravens. Um, the one X factor is Lamar. Because if Lamar is going to kill kill us with his feet, then there's just not much we can do. And the Niners have struggled historically. Uh, with guys that run and obviously there's the numbers of Lamar versus NFC teams a lot of it is because of familiarity um, but uh, the Niners are the best team in football and I hope that they show that and showcase that on Monday uh, but at this point honestly I just well, I want them to clinch number one seed and just <laughs> sit everybody let's sit and let's just, just no injuries heading into the playoffs and that's that's where we're at um, I wanted to end the pod with this. I did a thing on Mike Tomlin a few weeks ago. Um, my guy David didn't like it, but too bad. I think Tomlin is a good coach. But I think, you know, maybe he's run his time there. And maybe it's time. Um, but people treat him like he's had the success of of Andy Reid or, or uh, Bill Belichick. And it's like, well, I mean, he's... You know who he is? Mike Tomlin is Mike Sosha. Mike Sosha, you know, good good manager, but, I mean, you look at his success, it's like, eh, I mean, he was he had playoff success for, like, a few years, but, I mean, he's not Terry Francona, Joe Torre. He's not those guys that won, you know, Bruce Bochy, 
he's not those guys, you know. Um, Mike Tomlin is more Mike Sosha, Dusty Baker, very likable, um, but very spotty playoff success. Um, now, Greg Popovich is not that. Greg Popovich is one of the greatest coaches in basketball history. Um, he's won five titles. Um, just a legendary coach. But are we sure he should, he's still a good coach right now? If you watch the, the Spurs and the stuff that they're running, the way he's using Wemby is awful. Now, I wanted to put this at the end because um, I just don't understand some of the loyalty stuff that, that teams and play, you know, sometimes you have to these coaches. Because um, sometimes you, you got to move on. Sometimes it's been too long. You saw that with Andy Reid and 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 the and, and the Eagles, where he had to go. You know, Andy Reid's a great coach, but it's it's it was just time. You, you see how Bill Belichick now. It, it's just it, there comes a time where you know maybe it, it, it's time. You know, and not everybody can do it. Not everybody can do it forever with the same team over and over and over again. Um, and I hope Shanahan can stay with the Niners forever. I really do. But it, it's just really hard, man. It's just really hard to do that. And I think it's, you know, with Greg Popovich, I think it's, it just doesn't make sense the way the team is being ran with Wemby. Um, where you don't really have a good, you don't have a real point guard there. Um, and just give him the ball. So Greg Popovich is a great coach. But are we sure in 2023... He is who he used to be. Are we sure? Because with Belichick, I think I'm still sure he is a really, really good coach. It's just the roster is bad. It's his fault. But GM Bill Belichick is not is bad. <laughs> coach Bill Belichick, I think it's good. And I and that's where that's where I land now with Popovich. I just think it's it's time. I think it's it's time for him to move on. Because if Wemby was on another team and Wemby was being treated the way he's being played, where he's kind of just like a random regular rookie, um, it just wouldn't fly. It wouldn't fly. And um, I just want to see Wemby be pushed to, to be better and be this guy that I think we, we all know that he can be, or that we realize like, man, I think this guy is an opportunity to be one of the all-time greats, and with the roster that's around him, it just doesn't make any sense at all um, what the the Spurs are doing. And that's how I want to end the pod. So, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. I hope you have enjoy yourself. Um, Eat tamales, enjoy your tamales, whatever you do, enjoy yourself. Remember, we're doing this for Jesus. Jesus is the reason for the season. Um, but hope you enjoy it. Hope you have uh, enjoy all the sports. Christmas Day, a lot of basketball, a lot of football. Enjoy it. Um, listen to there is a podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, and um, I'll talk to you later. Um, but thank you so much for for spending your time with me. And uh, go ahead.